Greetings, members old and new, and welcome back to the Possibility Department, where we use logical witchcraft as a psychological template. My name is Luciana, I'm your modern-day occultist, and here at the department, we embrace the mystery and entertain the possibilities of the great unknown. If you wish to join me and many others as we speculate on the possibilities of life's secret keys, head over to patreon.com slash thepossibilitydept and become an Occultist Lab member. By doing so, you'll get the two extra podcasts I post per month, workshops, videos, printables, group texts, group calls, and even one-on-one sessions. Head over to the link in the description, and I'll see you there. Alright, let's talk about some weird sh- Hey everyone, and welcome back to the new and improved Possibility Department podcast. As you know, we are only doing two episodes per month now, so one every other week. If you want the other two episodes, head over to Patreon slash The Occultist Lab and join us over there. Also, I have completed and posted the last pillar of the last module of Manifesting with the Pentacle. So, if you become a member, you have access to a five, six month manifesting course to get serious about your vision and the way you want your life to look. So, why not? Head on over there. You can cancel anytime. And when you subscribe, you only get charged on the first. So, for example, I am recording this on September 12th. If you were to sign up today, you would write out the rest of the month for free and only be charged on October 1st. And there's no obligation. And you can cancel anytime. And you get access to meditations. And my audio spells, it's where you can literally sit down and do a spell in a meditation. I say all the words and you just picture yourself doing it. It's like magic with no tools. It's amazing. (laughs) Come on over. So... Before we go any further, I want to thank the newest patrons, the newest people who have joined us over on Patreon. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to be thanking and listing every single name of every single patron as a thank you. This is modern day patronage. Remember how back in the day, composers and artists, the reason they could do their art and offer their art to the world was that they had patrons. They had rich people who paid them money, who believed in their art so that they could sustain themselves so that they could create. Patreon is modern day patronage, except you can pledge as little as $5. (laughs) So it's uh, it's for everyone now. It's not just for rich people. So I would like to thank my newest patrons. Thank you to Sarah, Brianna, Bill, Mila, Jewel, Rachel, Amy, Vika, Victoria, Christine, Reese, Millie, Amelda, Lindsay, Sable, Devin, Allie, and Miranda. I think some of you I've thanked before, but I can't remember where I left off last time. So thank you so much for joining me over on Patreon and supporting the stuff that I create and making sure that the stuff I create actually makes it out into the world. Without Patreon, without patronage, I would not be able to create this stuff for you, especially this free content. So if you're enjoying my free content, you have my patrons to thank. Today for you, I have an incredible interview with Jamie Gold, who is a photographer, a creative consultant, a graphic designer, and one half of the team that created and is creating the Key Tarot, a whole tarot deck that's photography-based, which we don't see many of those, and she does all of the editing, makes it look super surreal and amazing and beautiful, and she gives us an 
a little window inside what that process looks like using the Rider Waite deck as kind of a template, but giving it a modern spin with real life people. Really often we look at tarot decks and oracle decks and it's hard to see ourselves in it because everyone looks not like us. <laughs> and the key tarot gives us uh, a new and fresh and beautiful take without losing the mystery and magic and surrealism that we expect from um, a magical tool. So I loved this interview. I loved getting that window into it. She also talks about tarot as a tool for her just for spirituality and self-development and her journey in creating each of the cards. Can you imagine a better lesson in, in tarot than to just create all of the cards it's 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 an adventure so i hope you enjoy this amazing interview and i'm going to link everything below go follow jamie at jamiegold.art and follow the key tarot at the key tarot both on instagram follow so you can get all of the updates head over to the to lock down your pre-order to make sure that you get it as soon as it comes out and enjoy this super awesome interview all right welcome to the possibility department podcast jamie gold i'm so excited to have you thank you for having me so great to be here yeah i've i've been really excited to have you on because I've known you for a while through like the hippie witch community over in Joanna's world um which everyone who listens knows that like I'm a huge fan of Joanna and I think a lot of a lot of my stuff comes from her stuff if that makes sense like there was one time where I recorded a podcast episode and then I went back through her podcast episodes and I listened to one that sounded almost the same and I sent her an email and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I think I did like the exact same podcast as you. <laughs> so oh, I'm sure she was totally fine. She's she so was. loving. I know. Yeah. She was like, it's just in the collective consciousness. I'm yeah. like, oh my God, you're so sweet. I'm going to delete it. But um, yeah, so I've known you for a while and I've, I've seen that you've been doing this incredible thing, which is you're creating a whole tarot deck, which is insane. It's 78 cards. So my first question for you is you're doing like the photography portion of it and you know the art and the editing around that so how did you find photography and how did you get into tarot and like what's the backstory of these two melding into this one project yeah I've been doing photography since probably middle school when we had like an after school photography club part of our school and, you know, I think a lot of people were into sports and, you know, my, I'm, I'm a pretty short girl, so I didn't get into <laughs> sports and I was yeah. always like into art. So um, I was like, well, this club sounds pretty cool. So I got to know people that way. So um, that really clicked and that stuck with me throughout high school too. So I took classes in it in high school and then that became one of my majors. So I double majored in graphic design and photography and I just kept it up and we moved from film to digital and that transition was very interesting and so helpful to uh quicken the pace of the process because film processing is quite extensive yeah i would imagine <laughs> yeah it's fun though it's fun i highly recommend uh trying it out if you get a chance and uh, it would be difficult to create a tarot deck though that way oh, <laughs> i can't yeah <laughs> definitely um so i was always interested in these different um 
learning new things and getting into Eastern religions too. So tarot became um, an interest later on and um, part of my religious studies and spirituality studies that came into play, like probably within the last couple of years, not really something early on. So the two of them melded together, I think when I met my business partner Scarlett and we are co-creating this tarot deck together and um we met actually at a I believe it was like a spring solstice celebration or something oh, that's like so cool. that <laughs> <laughs> and she happened to be reading tarot for people afterwards like kind of like we're all celebrating and then like afterwards she does like these free readings sometimes and um so I got I met her that way and we started collaborating on photos for just for fun and for social media and just yeah kind of trying different things out together and um we we go to different solstices together too so yeah we, we work together and it's interesting because like my artwork was starting to I, I started like planning out trying to go into like an oracle deck because I didn't know tarot that well at the time and I was like in the mindset I'm going to create a tarot deck with my artwork or sorry, not tarot deck, um, oracle deck with my artwork. And then she happened to come up like a week later and was like, do you want to create a tarot deck? And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of like already <laughs> in the mindset to create this oracle deck. It would be great to have someone else to work with. And I, I was in that mode where I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> oh my God, that's so magical. So how do you, I mean, like what does tarot mean to you then? And how do you use it? in your practice? Has it been kind of a learning curve for you? W would it be correct to gather that I guess Scarlett has like more experience in the tarot and the archetypes and what it means and you bring like that artistic aspect of the creativity? Like what's what's the collaboration there and what does tarot mean to you? Yeah, so I mean, I get to work one-on-one -on -one with each card individually as I create them. So I get a total immersive learning experience um, yeah. <laughs> from that process and also from Scarlett herself too. We, we chat about the cards, make sure we're representing them all correctly. And we go back and forth and brainstorm and make sure that everything is, you know, up to par on these cards. And yeah. um, for tarot specifically, um, Ever since I got introduced to it, I love working with tarot. I think it's so much fun. It's like having a best friend or a mentor that you can go to and just be like, you know what, I need to tune in for a moment or like meditate with these cards. And, you know, it's just like talking to a very honest best friend yes. <laughs> to tell you how it is. Um, Brutally honest, more honest than Oracle decks are. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Oracle decks tend to be a little more nice about things. Well, it depends. I've seen some sassy ones. <laughs> I feel like um, I need some sassy ones. I, I don't do enough tarot readings because I feel like I don't like the slap in the face that I get. Like we're doing an inner child um, tarot challenge over on our Discord on Patreon for the Occultist Lab. And I was like, man, I've been avoiding doing this stuff. And every day is like a slap in the face. So... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I would recommend the Rebel deck, too. It's because that's, like, sassy, but it's funny. Yeah. 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 I'm going to have to um, look into that one. Yeah, so as far as, like, how I practice, I would say that 
you know, I really just, it, it depends on what I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a quick answer for something, or if I want to focus my energy on something for the day, I might just say, what should I focus on today and just pick a quick card. But there's other times where it's more extensive when I'm getting like full on into a meditation and, you know, setting up my whole, you know, mood and, you know, lighting candles and really getting into it and doing more of like a spread. Um, I like the three card spread is my favorite when you do past, present, future, because you can kind of see where you were and click into the conversation that you're having with the cards and notice like, oh, this is where I am. This is what it's trying to tell me and how it's trying to tell me. So yeah, that's like one of my favorite processes. Yeah. I feel like that's the only spread that I know I've seen like the cross ones and all of that stuff. And it just feels very, (laughs) it's advanced. I'm not, I'm not a tarot reader. Like I do readings for um, the empaths tier over on Patreon, but it's like intuitive readings, things I see in meditation or pendulum, sometimes Oracle cards, but tarot is a skill, man. (laughs) And there's a lot to learn there. (laughs) So I feel like my listeners are really going to love everything you have to say. So, I mean, in your opinion, how does tarot, and I love, asking this question about everything that has to do with magic to different practitioners, but how does tarot work? You know, do you think it's like a a self-development tool or a spiritual tool? Um, Is it, you know, the law of attraction? So like you're sitting there and thinking of the cards, so you draw the right one, or is there something supernatural involved? Like what's your take on it? I would say all of the above. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because you are definitely tuning into something that is, your own energy and how I like to put it, I often say, and I often hear others say that it's like a mirror. And so when you want to check yourself out and externally look at your face and see like, oh, am I ready for the day? You look into a mirror. Yeah. How do I tune into my intuition? How do I tune into the energy or the subtle things underneath the external? Um, We can choose a tarot card as a mirror and reflect our specific energy or what we need to hear for the day and um so that's how i I personally use it and describe how it works because as we're tuning into our own intuition reflecting it back to ourselves i love that like an energetic mirror Mm -hmm. so do you think that the cards are well i guess if you think it's an energetic mirror then it's not necessarily a predictive tool right it's more of this is the energy at play currently And because free will plays in as well, right? Anything can change. Yeah, I think that a lot of times, some, a lot of times people think that when you say tarot, it's going to be predicting your future, which oftentimes scares people off. And I always remind people, yeah, you do have the choice at the end of the day, because if it presents you like this is going to happen, you can say, no, I don't want that to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm going to do what I possibly can to avoid that to happen. And so that also changes your future too. So it's affecting it as you're pulling the card. Um, anytime you decide to play with your own future, you know, it's, you're writing your own book, but if you do want to go with what it says, then that's your choice too. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, that could boil down to just the definition of magic in general, right? And just everything we do, you know, like you have the power to write your own story and your own destiny. So, I mean, what has the process been like of taking this on and creating like that many cards? I mean, do you plan them out ahead of time? Do you just kind of see what happens? Have you like storyboarded the the fool's journey? Like what... 
what does that look like? Because the thought of creating 78 individual cards, it just, it overwhelms me to no end. So <laughs> give us, give us a window into your world. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot. And so people are like, how many cards is it? I'm like, too many. <laughs> That's my answer now. But um, it does involve two different definitely the two sides of your brain. So you need that artistic creative side that's go with the flow and capturing that creative energy. And then you have the other side where we have at least a, like a five page Excel document or Google Sheets document, you know, where we're like marking things down, planning Oof. things out. So it does take both elements and I think people forget that side of it because they just want to create and create and that's great but like you really need to be organized about it and um, unfortunately a lot of my personal background as an artist and a creative person I don't really love doing that side of it but yeah. I know that I, I have to because otherwise I'll get lost in the in the creative process um, typically I will dive deep into each card as I'm doing them and sometimes I have to skip a card or I get stuck on it but what I'll do is I'll, I'll just approach the card like I'm doing some research and learning and really diving into it to like understand the whole history and all the symbols and all the meanings and how do I want to portray that in my deck and we are going off of Rider weight, so we kind of do have a storyboard sketch already yeah. really nice to have that as like a layout and um, guide so um, we have that. And then after I do the research and I really dived in, I decide, you know, what do I want to include in my version? Um, do I want to have certain colors, certain styles and just go from there. And I can't plan out too much because sometimes things don't work out the way you plan them. And working with photography, it's very specific. You can't just like necessarily go in there and change it like you would with a eraser and right. pencil process you really have to work with what you captured on the camera so it is a, a little bit different where you have to be very specific with lighting and um, a little more technical yeah yeah so how does it work then with I mean the models that would be that's a lot of models or do you have a, a different model for every card or that's a lot of models, you know, and, and what's the creative process with working with a model to portray an archetype? It's almost like acting comes into it as well, you know? Yeah, I was uh, mentioning before, it's, it's like you have to definitely portray that specific card and it's not capturing the person. So if I want Luciana to be in my card, I can't necessarily capture you or your personality, which I right. would you also but we want to portray that specific card and that archetype so yeah it is it's, it's describing um an emotion and a vibe for somebody so we might say oh, okay you're you're the empress you want to feel motherly and loving and nurturing but powerful you know so you have to give them adjectives and work with them to you know you can even possibly give them tips on how to pose and um, their facial features too. Like right. it comes down to like little things like that because if if someone has a smirk versus a frown, that's going to change the entire card it's completely. Huge. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like that's got to be complicated because you're also working with kind of like the legacy of Rider Waite as well, which I can only assume kind of like 
might be a big responsibility weighing on as well. Like, you know, we have to like portray this. Yeah, there's been a few cards that I didn't actually like the way some of those cards were portrayed. For instance, I know the Queen of Pentacles was, I had an issue with that one, um, where she looks kind of bitter or sad in the, a lot of the Rider Waite or like traditional cards. And, oh, um, I guess she I was, does. I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. Like, this does not match with what I feel like this card is trying to say. So I kind of did have to take my initiative and change that for our deck because I don't think it was like the right vibe for what that's trying to say. Um, so, but I think that's like, you know, each person has their own interpretation. And so, you know, I get to put my own little spin on it sometimes. Um, and then as far as working with each model, I love that process. I get to know each person and, you know, I, I feel like I meet, you know, and it's not 78, but I meet like, you know, 50 new friends. So it's right. awesome to like get to know these people and anyone in the tarot community that um, has been jumping at the chance to get into a tarot deck because that's an exciting thing to be in. You know, I'm a reader. I want to be in a deck. So yeah. They can, you know, have that part of their history. So I think that's makes it fun for all of us. Um, I do not have 78 models, which is good. <laughs> but yeah, that would be a lot. <laughs> there are a few of us that show up uh, several times, which is, uh, you know, we're trying to hide that fact that like there are a few cards that, you know, Scarlett and I might be in a few times. Like, for instance, I think she's like, kneeling at the floor of the hierophant or something and you know oh, there's like a little like the back yeah. of your head where you can't tell who it is but right so you know we, we kind of work with it like that and we've been taking submissions from people where I might not best necessarily be the photographer which I was a little bit on the fence about but right. it's working out really well especially with like current times and not being able to be in person all the time so oh that's, that's really interesting fun. and and a great a great solution to, you know, um, if you're listening to this way later, we're like mid pandemic. So. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't even think of that. So people send you their submissions and then you do the editing on your end and kind of like create from, from that standpoint, that's gotta be a lot more difficult than just, you know, creating the lighting that you need while you're getting the shot. Right. That's- I, I send them, I feel bad because I send them a whole page of lighting instructions. <laughs> So like if you guys want to here's talk the angle to me, it needs to be yeah, aimed at. Yeah. Here's some tips. And everyone seems to understand it pretty well, but I'm like if I'm available to talk if you need help, but yeah. Yeah. Um it is a lot of directing and as a photographer, if you are a photographer out there, you know like you need to set up your products and models in specific ways and trying to do that when you're not in person does you know have a challenge to it, but it's been working out. Yeah. Wow, that's that's crazy so you're the magician right how how did that did you get to choose because I feel like that's what I would choose I mean I want to be the magician that worked out pretty well I actually did not choose and I know like in the beginning Scarlett's like you gotta choose which card you are and like we were kind of having fun like you know brainstorming which card we wanted to be and uh, I was like I don't know yet I don't know yet and then it turned out that I wanted to use a smoke bomb for the wand because I wanted it to look like this crazy, like just smoke bursting out from this wand, like really magical and powerful. Yeah. And I was really 
terrified of smoke bombs. They're like kind of illegal, you know, people. (laughs) Um, You shouldn't be lighting them around. You know, you can't bring them into public place. Like it's just, there's a lot that goes into it. It's like lighting a firework. So I just was afraid of having somebody else holding that. Oh, I see. that would be me. I would be like, this is a liability. I need to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was basically it. I was like, ah, uh, okay. And that actually turned into a magician like energy where I was like, I got to own this. I got to do it. You know, and just grab the tool and do the thing. Like that's kind of a magician quality. And now, yeah. uh, so I'm like somewhat freezing my butt off in the middle of winter, holding a smoke bomb. And Scarlett's like, be confident. And I'm like, no pressure. <laughs> it's like, I'm freezing right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And this thing may, you know, burst into flames, um, which one of them did. So that's why. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, so, you'll have yeah. that story forever. <laughs> yeah. That's super awesome. So what's the, what's the timeline? Like how long does it take to create each card and I mean, what would, you, what would you say is your favorite part of the process, you know, from the photography to working with the models and, and the lighting and the posing, but then there's everything in post, right? I mean, I've seen like the little sped up videos you do and you do a lot in post. So like, what, what's your favorite part? Yeah, so each card, or probably several hours per card because the photo shoot itself might take a couple hours and then the the organization up to the part might take an hour. So that's already like two to three hours. And then the post-production with the editing might take another three to five hours. So total, you're getting like a whole day's worth per card. Yeah. And at the time I had a full-time job. So that took quite a while. Um, And my favorite part I, I think the thing about me is I, I have a lot of Gemini energy where I'm like, I love this. I love that. And I, I'm very like excited about everything. And I love yeah. like, I love doing a lot of different things. And so I get, I get kind of bored when it's just one thing over and over. So when you say like pick a favorite, I like the fact that there are so many different things to do. Um, like That's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there are a lot of different, and I think that that might be really daunting for some people that there mm-hmm. are, there is a lot to do. But for my mindset, that actually works out really well because I'm like changing it up constantly. One minute I'm editing, one minute I'm organizing a shoot, one minute I'm trying to design something for social media. You yeah. know, it's just like a lot that goes into it, and I kind of like working like that. There's no room to to get bored. <laughs> That's for sure. I, I think a lot of people editing for like ten hours, and I might get a little. Yeah, but I have yeah. so much to do that I can just switch it up and be like, okay, I'll work on that part later and come back to it. That's true. Yeah, I was gonna say that I think a lot of people in the spiritual community kind of have that um, boredom of monotony. You know, like I recently. Um, quit my day job for good so I could do this hopefully for good you know fingers crossed um so I <laughs> so I can do this full-time and uh when I told my dad he was like well Lucia you just you can't do the same thing day in day out you know it was it was gonna come eventually you just you can't do the monotony it kills you inside and I'm like yes <laughs> yes yeah, you, you, tell some, you tell some people that and they're like well that's just work and I'm like no there that's are other fun. options out there <laughs> yeah Oh, so do you have any, um, I don't know, like favorite archetypes in the tarot, you know, like, or like a favorite 
a favorite card before this or maybe a favorite card that you created? Yeah, so I'm, I've always been the type of person to kind of go against authority and the norm and dig into a lot of like darker themes. And I was pretty, you know, like into the, the goth look in high school and, you know, metal music and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I often get drawn to that aesthetic. And so I, I tend to find that a lot of the archetypes in tarot that I think are more fascinating are the darker cards because there's so much more depth and so much more um, that you can dive into. It's not so surface level. Some of these happier cards that are very like straightforward. So for instance, I really love like the devil and the tower and death as like, I know everyone's like, I don't never want to see that card ever. But like sometimes when you are studying these things, you really open up just like a lot of blocks and you get to like really dig deep into your own self and discover a whole lot because you're really digging into some dark places within your own life. Um, yeah, I think those, those are some of my favorite, like darker cards that some people might not necessarily be attracted to. Um, and then also on the light side, I love the page of cups, which is kind of a random one, but that is kind of random. (laughs) What what does that represent? Again, not a tarot reader. So (laughs) yeah, the page of cups, if you, a lot of them show a young boy, he's holding a cup and a fish is jumping out or Mm -hmm. peeking out. And it just reminds me of, it's a very creative artistic card. And it reminds me very much of like the surrealist movement, which I was very big into. And like, you would never see a fish coming out of your cup. Like that's such a, like like Dolly would paint or, you know, so I, I just get attracted to that because it's one of the only cards that I know that has just something odd or surreal about it where it's like, that would never happen in real life. Yeah. That's that's interesting. That's definitely not what I expected, but I do resonate with the darker cards. I think I even did a podcast episode on it once, but there was one of the years that was really transformative for me where I found out that like I didn't want to be at the job I was, that I wanted to do something different, that I wanted to dive into spirituality. I drew the tower for like a year. It, it was like something from a movie. Like every time I did and again, I'm not a tarot reader, but I mean, there's a lot of cards in the deck and I was shuffling pretty hard because I didn't want to get that card again, you know? <laughs> yeah. And every reading it would come up and it would come up and it would come up. And that was the year that everything kind of collapsed for me. It wasn't long after that, that, you know, I, I quit my job. Um, I had somewhat of like my own mental health crisis. I moved in with my parents and I was like, I'm going to start a business, but I don't know what it's going to be, you know? <laughs> like, everything, everything just kind of collapsed. And, you know, within nine months after that, the possibility department was a thing. I moved out of my parents' house and and that's where I started. And it was all like the catalyst for it was that tower moment. So I kind of look at the tower um, more dearly, you know, it's like, it's, it's intense, but I think the darker cards are, are catalysts for change, you know, they're change creators. So, yeah. I don't know. They're overlooked. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, you get, sounds like you got to know that one really well. Oh yeah. <laughs> have you, have, there's a picture out recently that was someone made a rider weight. Oops. All, ta- all towers. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like you got that. Deck. Was that for like 2020? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 2020 edition. Oops. All towers. <laughs> all towers. Oh, that's so funny. Um, and then you touched on surrealism as well. And I feel like I get such a vibe 
from that in your editing? Is that where you get to kind of like let that artistic part of you roam free to do all the super surreal stuff with with lighting and yeah definitely I know um I've listened to some of your things before and you're you are like me and a lot of people out there that love Harry Potter and that magical mystical vibe so I tend to be very attracted to that uh, mysterious quality and so I try to portray that sort of world in the tarot deck that I'm creating so it's fun to try to unify it all together and make sure it all looks like it's from the same realm yeah I never thought of that that you would have to there has to be each card has to be individual but it also has to be cohesive like it came from the same world (laughs) you know and that sounds difficult to pull off it's harder when you do have those really sunny um happy cards like celebratory I just did a four of wands which is like a kind of wedding and celebration and it's more sunny and bright how do I fit that into a dark mysterious world and still look happy so it, it, yeah. that's where I get a challenge with the aesthetic of like this actually has to look joyful <laughs> right right but that's one of the things that I love about you know um and I'm gonna link everything below so everyone can see it but I've been following on Instagram and that's one of the things that I love about the deck is that there's there are dark and mysterious undertones, but it doesn't overpower the moment of the photo, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like you can still get joy from the photo. You can still see the emotion that's being portrayed, but there are undertones and colors that still portray mystery and like a sense of darkness, which I think is probably really hard to pull off. You know, as the viewer, you're just looking at it and you're like, this looks cool, but like the amount of work that it probably took to portray that very specific feeling is is a lot. So I guess my next question is like, what is your vision for the key tarot? You know, what sets it apart from other decks? What is like the need you want to fill with this? Because I think it's a very unique deck and I think a lot of people are going to be attracted to just the mystique of it. But what's your vision for it as the creator? Yeah, um, I know when we were first brainstorming what we were going to do with this deck, um, we loved the idea of we had a couple different names, you know, on our list. And we were working with the idea of time and like getting into the self and like just some deep you know, symbols and words, like how do you represent what we're doing here in one word or like one concept? Um, And I I remember Scarlett, she was really sweet. She's like, you can do drawing or painting or photos. It'll all be great. So it was kind of like this decision we had to make. And I said, you know what? There really aren't that, there really aren't that many photography-based decks out there. There are a few and there are a few ones that are like more collage-like. Right. And the ones I've seen have their own very specific look to them but there really aren't that many and I was like let's I think this will set us apart you know there are just so many drawn ones and painted ones and they're all amazing but I think this is just something that's going to be just new and vibrant and people can connect to it because these are real people right and I think that's what like really elevates this is that these are real people they um you can really see yourself in the deck. And we finally came up with this key concept because we're really opening the door into this realm, into this tarot realm. But you're also opening the doors to 
all the different archetypes within yourself. And so you have all these possibilities, all these places to explore on so many different levels, even in reality, not in reality, in your dream space, in your, you know, in your spiritual work, whatever it is, we're saying, here's the key. You can flip open the door anytime you'd like. So that's kind of the concept behind it. And you have the key always within you. And here's another key tool to use to help you. Wow. That's, that's a beautiful answer. Oh my God, what a beautiful like concept and story behind it. And it is true. You can see yourself in, in the people and um, the models you guys use in, in the deck. It, every, they just look like regular people, <laughs> you know? And I, and I mean that like as an amazing compliment because I feel like when people have an opportunity to create something, um, sometimes they try to go towards... I don't know what they think is going to sell the most or, you know, like doll people up to the nines. And I feel like what's really unique about this deck is that, like you said, you can, it's, it's a mirror in the other sense, you know, like you've said that tarot is, is a mirror an energetic mirror of yourself, but with your cards, it's also a mirror in the sense where you can look at it and you can see yourself in these people and it kind of empowers you as well. And I think that's what you guys were trying to tap into with your promo video where, right. Where like you, and I'm going to link that below so everyone can see it. The promo video is amazing. But where you see yourself as that archetype in the tarot. You know, you draw the card and it's not just the empress where it's like, oh, that's an empress. This is me. But you're able to translate that and be like, no, that is an archetype. That's part of me. I am the empress, you know? So so how was the... Explain the promo video to us then. Was that what you're trying to get across? Did I, did I get it? Or? Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Yeah, every time you flip the card, we want to send you into this tarot realm and this archetype and just picture yourself there. And what's so cool is like anytime you're meeting someone else in the real world, you know, walking around down the street, obviously right now it's a little bit more difficult, but (laughs) you know, when you're seeing someone else face to face, we hope that there's some part of them that you see within yourself too. So like that kind of concept we think has a lot of it's like so empathic and it brings more just like love and good energy to everyone when you can see yourself as part of someone else or vice versa. And that gets translated into tarot very easily because you are picturing yourself in this other place as this other thing. And that's kind of hard to do sometimes with a painting or a drawing. So maybe it might help a little bit. Yeah. So have you, would you say that you've like changed at all in the process of creating a deck? Because it's, you know, it's a tall order and I'm sure it's had its stresses and struggles. So, I mean, what are kind of like the lessons that you've learned, you know, maybe just about yourself or life or anything? Like, how have you changed? Um, well, I definitely know tarot. And I, I think that once you start in tarot, once you start learning it, it's very like, how does this work? Or it's very overwhelming. But once you start reading it, it almost like something clicks. And that switching point where you're like, oh, I get this now. Yeah. <laughs> once, that, once that happens, it's, it's a beautiful, magical thing. And um, I feel like I can actually read tarot now and I have read for other people. So that was a big change for me. Um, gaining confidence in the actual practice and reading of the cards because oftentimes I'm not I don't have a very good uh, memory as mm-hmm. far as like 78 cards memorizing them all whereas Scarlet is like 
just she can write a whole book on every card without even looking yeah. she's amazing at that and I, that's just not who I am so I had to find my own way of reading it and I think we all do have that a little bit where we have our own ways of going about it and so for me I kind of developed my own um, intuitive practice and having a conversation and storytelling I feel like I'm telling a story with the cards so having that um switch for myself was a really big change and then also my organizational skills as I mentioned before like um undertaking big projects I would recommend for creative minds make goals make goals daily weekly monthly and have accountability for yourself like at the end of the week did I get what I needed to get done because as an as an artist and any artist out there listening um, we tend to just be like, I just got to do it and go with the flow. But like at the end of the week, if you didn't finish it or make your goal, you really got to, you know, be accountable for it. And if you yeah. can't, if you can't do it yourself, find account what we call accountability buddies or yeah. I think there's a word for that out there. Accountability buddies. Yeah. We do that sometimes in the discord. <laughs> yeah. Right. Find yourself someone to check in. And even if they don't have the same goal as you just be like, Hey, do you want to talk every Sunday? And yeah. see what we did and just go over it because that's so important if you're not holding yourself to your goals you're, you're not going to see much progress or at least that's how it works for me so that that was a big uh change for me too is making sure that I actually get it done you know yeah yeah and I think that's I mean, I I completely agree because I think that's kind of, I like to look at things from an elemental standpoint as well. It's like, you know, fire and water. I feel like that's something that's out of balance a lot with a lot of us spiritual people is that some of us are like so much in the fire that we're so goal oriented and we never stop to ask our intuition if we're doing the right thing. And then some of us are so in the water that we're just like, oh, emotions and floating, but never actually set goals. So balancing the two of those is it it can be difficult and i think accountability is is definitely a key to that and i do have a question that's more selfish than anything but <laughs> this is just for my own personal use but um where would you recommend getting started if you want to like seriously read tarot cuz i've been like flirting with the idea i've i've read tarot since i was a teenager but you know, you you get familiar with certain cards and then every once in a while one pops up that you've never seen. You're like, okay, bring out the guidebook. You know what I mean? Because you don't have like a really, a way of reading or um, a working knowledge of all of the cards. And if you want to start taking it seriously, um, where do you think one should start? Oh, yeah. And there's so many ways to start. Yeah, it's overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I would say start with just picking one not you could say every day, but you know, every other day or whatever it is, just start choosing a card, doing a practice and you'll get to know the cards little by little that way. And obviously that's yeah. a very slow practice, but I mean, why not enjoy it and like, you know, really get into each card that you're picking. Um, and then I would say just make sure you're having fun and actually enjoying it. Because I think a lot of times when people get stuck is they'll get scared. They're not doing it right like just second guessing themselves all the time and um, make it fun for you. Otherwise you're going to stop or, you know, I don't know, you're going to get scared or stressed out and we don't want that. We want this to be an enjoyable process. So. Yeah. I, I, I could, I feel that (laughs) I resonate with that. I feel like in the past, um, really in the past like two months or so I've been 
you know, now I have more time on my hands, obviously. I'm like, this is something that I've always really wanted to to learn. But then I get a little bit overwhelmed and I'm like, you know, how I'm so I'm so impatient. You know what I mean? Like I just want to know it all. <laughs> and like <laughs> and but I think you're make right that if you journey make the actual journey of a fun, if that means calling up a friend and you know, having fun choosing cards for each other, or yeah. if that means, you know, going on YouTube and looking up your favorite guides and like listening to a video for a little while or your favorite podcast on tarot. Um, just dive it into it that way. And I think, you know, we all have different ideas of fun. So whatever that means to you. Yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And it's probably something that we can retain better if we're thoroughly enjoying the process as well. I think what you said about maybe drawing a card each day or picking a card each day and kind of diving into it is probably an excellent way to start. And I'll probably retain it a lot better that way. So I think it helps to see that it might be, I don't know if this is more overwhelming or helpful, but it helps to know that this journey of tarot isn't like, okay, I achieved it. I got the certificate. I'm a master guru, blah, 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 (laughs) hot shot tarot reader. Like this never ends for anybody, even though, even though, you know, quote unquote, expert tarot readers, you know, they're still always constantly expanding their knowledge and wisdom. So, you know, wherever you are, it's, it's where you're meant to be. <laughs> it's where you're supposed to be. Words of wisdom. <laughs> That's the key is what it is. <laughs> so, I mean, how can we find the key tarot? How can we stay in the loop? Where can we get the key tarot or stay notified on it? Um, give us, give us the info. Yeah. So we do have a website, which is the And on that website, we do have our video and some gallery and some, uh, pre-order options, which if you do pre-order the deck, the first 500 pre-orders win a chance, uh, at going to new Orleans. Oh, so cool. trip to new Orleans guys, <laughs> which if you haven't been there, it is the most magical place you know, one can go. Is. Yes. It's a great place for tarot. Um, and then we do have our Instagram, which is more so like our weekly updates. And so if you guys are interested in like which cards did we complete or what are we up to, the Instagram that we have is probably the best place to find us hanging out. And we do live chats every week. So those are fun to like ask us questions if you want to. And that's just the key tarot. Very simple. Okay. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to do this. That was endlessly interesting from so many different perspectives. I think the thing I was most interested to learn is like, how does one even go about this and what is the amount of work that it takes? And to get kind of a window into that was amazing. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I encourage everyone to take up their own fun practice and creative practice. And if you do want to create a tarot deck, just go for it. Just try, start, do. (laughs) That's excellent advice. Well, there you have it, folks. Go follow Jamie and the Key Tarot and lock down those pre-orders and follow along the process. It's incredibly interesting to see. There are even videos where she shows how she edits. It's it's something. 
And I just wanted to say, this episode and every other episode and everything I do, every piece of free content I create is brought to you by my patrons, Alicia, Allison, Ali, Amelda, Amru, Amy, Andrea, Ashley, B, Bill, Brianna, Brittany G, Brittany M, Caitlin, Catherine, Christine, Daniel, Debbie, Denise, Devin, Elizabeth, Erica, Frank, Julia, Hannah, Ingrid, Jackie, Jewel, Carlin, Kathy, Katie, Kelly, Kelly A, Kelly E, Kirsten, Kay Kingsley, Lee, Lexi, Lindsay, Lisa, Luna, Magdalena, Mariella, Maria, Michelle, Mila, Millie, Miranda, Moonshine Kelly, <laughs> Myriad, Nikki, Noel, Noel C, Nix, Una, Rachel A, Rachel M, Reese, Sable, Sage, Sarah, Sarah S, Serena, Sylvia, Sophia, Susie, Tara, the Rosemary Witch, Victoria, and Vika. Thank you all so much for your patronage. You make everything I do possible. And I'll see you guys next time. Stay mysterious.